Welcome to episode 3, February 10th, 2019 of You Didn't Ask For My Opinion. My name is Freddie Forte and I'm really glad to be back with you. For those of you who are listening and you hear the quality sounding a lot better, it's because I'm using my uh, Newman microphone. Really, really nice one. I think it's a TL100 uh, anniversary special. Um, awesome microphone that I use when I record my music and stuff. And uh, I'm able to use this to... Um, record the first part of the podcast but when i start the uh, episode with more of my friends you will notice that uh, the quality will kind of disappear a little bit because i will be using my phone either way though i'm really happy to be able to do this podcast and bring it to you all so without further ado let's get into something that happened in my life today um As many of you know, uh, like I said before, I am a Christian. Um, Prior to being a music teacher, I was a worship leader and uh, haven't actually been the worship leader for a church in over two years. But today that uh, streak has broken. Um, A friend of mine who leads at the church that I'm helping out with now um, asked me to fill in for her while she was out. And I was able to, you know, step in and uh, had to lead. Um, One of the scariest things. And it's crazy because it's not scary because this is what I do. You know, I mean, that's what I went to school for. But just being able to get out there and having to be the person is uh, nerve wracking. So I uh, just had a lot of people praying for me and just, you know, being encouraging and things like that. And, uh, it was an amazing experience. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you to each and every one of you who, because, uh, you know, a few of you definitely tune in and listen to the uh, podcast. If you're one of those people who are praying for me today, thank you. I really do appreciate it. So let's get into on this day. On this day, 1992, Iron Mike Tyson was convicted of rape and sentenced to six years in prison. Uh, He was released after serving three years. Mike Tyson, you can look at his career and his accolades and see he did some amazing things. You can also look at his career and see that he's done some crazy things. You know, uh, the tattoo on the face and, uh, you know, biting uh, Evander Holyfield's ear and, you know, trying to beat down Lennox Lewis and um, and the presser and then got destroyed in the actual boxing match. You know, it's just when you hear of Tyson, a lot of times you're going to hear of all the crazy things he's done, you know, in the ring. You won't, you'll hear about him being an awesome boxer as well and you know just all the records and stuff he set and the championships and things like that but you know there's some things that you know like i said things that stand out a little bit more the tattoo on the face is one of those things um you know he lost a child unfortunately um i was say over a decade ago um lost one of his little ones that was really sad. One thing you really don't hear that much about anymore was the, the rape situation. And uh, just an unfortunate thing all the way around. First and foremost, you know, my heart goes out to, I believe, Miss Desiree Washington, because that's a rough thing to deal with. You know, she was 18. Um, and just for all of that, for her to go through that, I mean, that was just, that's extremely rough. Um, and you have this person who has these accolades. He's well-known. And 
he makes a bad choice and you know you look at this person as a role model and it's like okay well now what who do we look to seeing that happen and, and just seeing things like that happen to you know people it just it makes it hard to trust people um and so you know it's just word of advice um if you have some kind of influence over someone please be careful the things you say or the things you do because you have no idea what kind of impact or influence you have on someone um i won't get preachy i won't sit here and harp on that because that's a really rough subject uh unfortunately that's one of the few things that happen um you know on this day um that is worth mentioning so that's the thing i chose so at this point we're going to go ahead and take a little bit of a break and uh we'll hear a word from our one and only sponsor at the moment hopefully cross our fingers we'll get some more sponsors but for now we got to try to make some money with uh, our uh, sponsor so we'll take a little bit of a break and then we'll come back with the next segment Welcome back to You Didn't Ask For My Opinion. We're going on to the next segment here. And uh, I got one of my buddies here. He's been on every episode so far, all three of them. Uh, My homie from L.A. who's still maybe feeling it because we are only seven days removed from the Super Bowl debacle. That was whatever it is the Rams did. But, uh, you know, just bear with him. I think he'll get through the pain eventually. Uh, Everybody say hello to my boy Ash. Ash, say what's up. Hey, what's going on? So uh, today's the last day. Uh, turn the calendar over tomorrow. No more wallowing and all that. It's it's off season time. Let's get let's get ready for next year. <laughs> I hear you, man. I've been in off season mode since you know you guys destroyed us in week one. So, you know, <laughs> so we didn't have Leo Mack, and it was just we were just done for. So I'm like, oh, all right, season over. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Speaking of off season. Uh, we are somewhat having an offseason with our Lakers, bro. I have no idea what's going on. How is it that we go from, you know, being blown out by Indiana because of all the, you know, crazy train rumors, then hitting the game winner with Rondo in Boston, one of the sweetest things ever to have your, you know, your, your boy who got you a championship that put you further ahead on the Lakers, who then sinks your heart at home. I mean, that's just, that, that, that's cake right there to then being blown out by the Sixers in what started out as a close game, going back and forth, neck and neck, and then it's just like, all right, it's time, you know, it's time to go ahead and just call this one a day. Um, it's just, we are not, you know, I would say that we are the team that we, you know, we're probably going to be to start with. Um, I didn't see us as anything higher than the eighth seed, um, and we are playing like we are, a 10th seed, and that's basically what we are right now anyway. So, right. You know, but I think the biggest thing is, and you know, uh, and you can tell me, we made a couple of moves um, at the trade deadline, but if you look at what was being publicized, what we were looking at, um, we lost the trade deadline. I mean, you, you saw teams that absolutely won. The Sixers were one of them. Uh, the Bucks did some decent. I think the Bucks made a move or two that, you know, made them decent. The Raptors made a significant move that made them decent. Um, Sixers. The, yeah. The the Mavericks, you know, did some stuff. Even though they're not going to contend this year, they put themselves in a good position. The Knicks kind of won it because even though they got some people that 
you know, will either be waived or something like that. They set themselves up with uh, tremendous cap space next year. They have the most cap money to work with, um, even though they are very quick to remove uh, Kevin Durant from their season ticket uh, promotion next year. Um, and I'm pretty sure they did that because they didn't want to tamper. But you see all this stuff, and then you see the Lakers. They made a move for Reggie Bullock. Um, and I thought that was decent, you know. Um, they made a move for Mike Muscala. Uh, we saw that guy shoot in the game a little bit. And he, you know, he has, yeah, he has pop, you know. I think, you know, it'll be decent. But compared to what they were saying we were going to do, what we were going to do, and what we were going to get, um, there was really no fanfare, you know. And it just seems like maybe the media blew it up and made it, you know, just more than what it was. Nah, nah. The Lakers got schooled in a way by the Pelicans. They, you know what I mean? Like, they they let them make an offer and then just basically wanted more. And the Lakers had to, to ruin the rapport within their own bench in the process. It was a clever move if you were actually never intending and actually, like, moving him unless it was a King's Ransom anyways. Might as well, like, mess with the Lakers' locker room. It did. You I mean, you can see that, like, yeah, you, you beat the, the Celtics, but you also got blown up by the Pacers, like you said. Like, there's no, there's no, like, consistent chemistry there. It's just, like, blips. And then, like you said, should be an eight seed, more like a ten seed. And, you know, we'll see how we finish out the season. But I, I think that the Lakers played themselves in the whole situation. Like, if they weren't ready to, like, give up the Kings ransom that they should have known most teams were going to ask for, um, then don't even show up. Like, don't even try to initiate that or, or have columns written about it in the media. Like you said, media maybe did play a role and pumping it up so much that we were definitely going to, like, why wouldn't we get Davis? You know what I mean? Like, of course we're going to get him type of thing. So, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it is. And I would also say LeVar Ball didn't help the situation as well. And when I say that, what I mean... Like, put him on the other side of, like, any reasonable boundary. Yeah. I I think the biggest thing is um, what he did was solidify his son staying in L.A. And I think that's what he wanted to do for the jump. Because he got up there and bad-mouthed everybody. And he, he did one of two things. It was either a strategy to make sure the you know the Lakers kept him, uh, kept Lonzo, or traded him. And like, but he ripped everyone. He said that you know everyone on the team was trash. He said Luke Walton was the worst coach that he's ever played for. He said that he was better than old LeBron. Um, and you know, and it's just he's, he's he literally said he said that Luke was the reason that his son was playing so poorly. Like, talk about lack of individual responsibility, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just, all the coaches fall behind. It's his system that makes your son look bad, huh? Uh, dude, I, I just... Look, I... I like LeVar because he's someone who believes in his kids. I like him because he started a business and the, and the business actually is, is successful. I, you know, I like LeVar because he's a black man looking after his kids and, you know, staying there. And it's one of those things, like I got into arguments with people, one of the, you know, one of the guys in a Facebook group who unfriended me because I tried to explain to him, I really tried to explain to him the reason why a good bit of us like LeVar Ball is because how, you know, how often do you see a black man, you know, not only um, 
sitting there being you know supportive of what his kid's doing but like just saying ain't nobody better than my son you know like he, he believed it and he he locked into a vision and it's gotten them far like you don't see that often and the dude like got mad at me because it, it was like because i wasn't agreeing with him on the whole lamar ball thing and he, unf- he unfriended me that was like the second of five times he's unfriended me now um and that was, you know, that in itself is ridiculous, but you know, that's a whole other story. But seeing that, like seeing, you know, it made me proud, like, all right, we got a strong black man, you know, like sitting here, you know, being there for his kids and everything like that. But the more and more that he opens up his mouth, I feel like he's doing more harm than help. Like, I mean, he's about because to- as strong as he is, as much as I respect him personally for getting done what he's done and securing a future for his family and everything like that, right? Yeah. He's not being diplomatic. This is the big boy league now. Like you gotta like play ball a little bit here, man. And then that's like a, a almost a derogatory term to an extent. But it's like it's not even that. It's more like everyone needs to buy in. That's more what it is, and that's less derogatory. Which is everyone does need to buy in, like to this what we're trying to get done here, and like looking after your son's interests 100 over anybody else's. That right there already says like you're not gonna. You're not going to consider when you're saying certain things how that's going to affect the team in the long haul that your son is a part of. It's yeah. not like your son's a part of the team. He's a part of this team, and you're affecting this team in the long haul. Like, I have no problem with ball. I, I have, a, you know, I have problem every more every problem with his dad. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I have an issue with him. I knew when he when he got signed. Like, I was like, great, here we go. You know, like great that this guy is a part of this and has like his son's back but for the Lakers trying to do with the era we're coming into and the rebuilding restructuring we were trying to do and bring LeBron now like big time you got to be able to uh, make adjustments and compromises and stuff yeah I think so I think it's I think it is extremely frustrating that you know um, unwanted tension has definitely mounted up now and it's just I mean it's just so much going on and you know Magic Johnson said I'm just going to go there and hug the, hug the guys and I get what he's saying he's going to you know he's going to sit there and talk to him and be like hey man I know how you feel and yada yada all that stuff but it's like again that's another bad vibe like yeah I'm going to go hug it with, the, with the, hug these you know guys and tell them everything's going to be alright bro first off um no, everything's not going to be all right because you going up to him, you're blowing smoke because you, whether it was a plot or not or something you were going to do, you basically just, you know, were determined to trade your entire young core, which again, I get it. I understand. And for, you know, part of me was like, yeah, man, get it done. Let's, you know, let's try to build this thing and get a championship. Um, but your young core now has to sit there and deal with it. And yes, they do need to be professionals, but at the same time, they're in their early 20s. And some of them might, you know, they're, they're probably, yeah, 20, 21, 22. These are not, you know, 30-year-old, you know, uh, players. These are young guys who are still just getting out of the league, uh, out of high school and college. Some of them are just like two years removed from high school. And emotions and maturity and stuff, that stuff doesn't, that, that doesn't, you don't necessarily grow out of things that quickly, you know? So you, you give these kids millions and millions of dollars to go play a sport that they were just playing, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, 
just for notoriety and stuff like that and expect them to not be in their feelings about stuff you know i mean that's that's difficult it really is no matter how you try to spend that so yeah magic showing up and, and talking to the kids yeah that's the right thing to do but if you think that's really going to be enough of an olive branch to get these kids in the right direction that would be foolish in itself and we don't want you know and, and you don't want and you don't want to be naive to the situation to make it seem like, well, I thought that would be enough because it's not. You should know that this is not going to be enough to turn your team around. So when you're looking at all these other teams and you're seeing what they've done and you see that they are going to be heavy hitters and contenders and stuff. Um, and then you also see the Boston Celtics, who, again, it made it seem like they were colluding and saying, hey, hold on, because we'll give you all this stuff in the summer. And the Celtics could easily say no and just turn it back and stuff you look at new orleans now and they took a stand and said no nah, we're not gonna trade to a big market team or anything like that but now no one wants to trade for anthony davis how do you think the situation is going to be if they try to circle back to the lakers oh no they wouldn't i don't think they would i think that like if you're smart you keep anthony davis like that's not a player you get rid of anyways small market or not like that guy is phenomenal. Like, keep him on your squad, you know? I wouldn't get yeah. rid of him. Like, that's me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even for the Lakers offer or even a better <laughs> one, like, I'd have to, you know, the better the offer got, the more you have to consider. But still, like, he's he's, he's pretty damn good. I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think here's, my you. here's my question for you. Sure. How do, how do the Lakers repair that rapport with their locker room? I think and this is me and I'm being completely honest I don't think you can repair that I think that you, you know um, Rondo I think might have said it winning you know someone said it winning definitely cheers people up winning changes attitudes winning definitely uh, repairs damage um, but the thing is, you have a team that's probably not going to win as much as you want them to. I mean, I think they're going to be sharp. Kuzma went off for 23 points in the first quarter. Obviously, the rest of the game, he only scored another 16 points. But still, he scored 39 points that game. You know, you had Brandon Ingram step up and you know, in, in the game before. Like, I mean, these guys, if they all just, you know, gel together and just and pull this off, yeah, it would be amazing. They, they were they were right on the cusp of that in a lot of ways prior to announcement of the details of a trade for Anthony Davis. Yeah, I see that too. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, because like, there is no like you said, there's no like 180 off of that. You don't go around with that. That's that's going forward now. That just is. Right. So going, yeah, going forward, I, I think that, you know, the best thing they have to do is just try to salvage the season, do the best they can, do the best you can and, uh, and hope for the best. But as far as whether or not they're going to be able to pull something off or, you know, for this next year, nah, I think they are going to have to just fight through this and just fight extremely hard and uh, get past, you know, as much as they can to try to pass the Clippers. But the thing is, if the Clippers keep winning, that's going to push put more pressure on the Lakers to keep winning. And the thing, you know, Boston had them, had the Clippers in the same boat that they had the Lakers in. 
only to do the exact same thing and blow the game. And the Clippers ended up winning that game. That should have been a game they lost and would have put us one game behind. Instead, it kept us at one and a half, and then we lost today. Now we're two games back. We can't keep losing games. If we do that, we're going to lose a lot of ground, and it's over. So at this point, I just feel that, you know, they still have 20 points. Do you think the guys have pulled the plug on the season already? Nah, not yet. I think when we, I mean, we have maybe, what, 20, I can't even remember, 25 more games maybe. I, I think, let's see where they are in 10 games. Because if they if they can't, they can't turn it around in the next 10 games. And, and, you know, some of these games are not in their favor. The last couple of games have not been in their favor. But they have a they have an extremely tough schedule. Um, you know, so they're already going to be, you know, climbing up a hill anyway. But I'd say in the next 10 games, we'll see. 10 games from now, you'll probably see less time with LeBron playing and stuff like that. You'll probably see a lot of the vets um, not, uh, you know, resting up and stuff like that. Uh, you might even see some of them, uh, some of them on expiring contracts playing more just to go ahead and just push us further down um, with the lottery. But it all, yeah. just, it really all just depends. You know, uh, I just I, I do not see the Lakers doing any better than what they're doing now. Um, they'll be an eighth seed probably at, at the most and will probably get swept out of the playoffs. And, you know, it's my team. I love them. I just don't think it's our, you know, this is going to be our year to make some noise. And that's OK. We've wasted one of LeBron's years. LeBron is my age with both 34 years old. You know, he's he's not necessarily um, he's not playing week he you know he's not like a Peyton, Peyton Manning I think he's more like a Tom Brady but on the same note Tom Brady's winding down too so I just I feel like LeBron is going to be closer to um closer to slowing down than he is to revitalize it you know and just <clears throat> keep himself as like the number one basketball player in the league I just don't see that happening I think this is his in my opinion this is his last contract um and it all depends if he opts in for year four. That's it. It's a farewell tour. So I would assume that the window to win a championship with LeBron James is next year, but it's probably going to end up being year three. If it doesn't happen in year three, we don't win a championship with LeBron and he rides off to the sunset. You know, so that's that's just kind of how I feel about it. No, I do. I do, too. I think um, his health is going towards this latter end of his career, basically. He just kind of or two that he'll be done sooner than later. Yep. Agreed, agreed. Alright, so why don't we, uh, I think we hit everything on that one. Why don't we take a quick break and play the you know same commercial with the same uh, sponsor that I have in hopes of hopefully, you know, picking up another one, but we'll go ahead and take, take a break and quote-unquote pay the bills. Not really, but yes. And uh, we'll come back with our last segment before we call it a night. All right, we're back. Freddie Forte and Ash, and we are in the last segment of the evening. And this one is probably one of the more recent controversial things going on right now. And that is the subject of blackface. Um, you see it already. The state of Virginia is just, um, uh, you know, they are lowering the bar 
as a government unit. Um, the Virginia governor, <laughs> Governor Northern, uh, Northern, he has vowed to stay as governor even though people have called for him to resign because he had worn uh, uh, blackface. Now the thing is apparently he denies being in a racist photograph on his page in the uh, medical uh, school book uh, yearbook in 84 but he did admit to wearing blackface on a separate occasion while dressing up as Michael Jackson. So that was his thing. He did admit to uh, being in blackface uh, to dress up as Michael Jackson. Now, looking at that right there, you know, and it's really hard for me to try to believe him on one and not believe him on the other. So we're just going to set that on the side and table that for a minute. In addition to that, the attorney general, um, (laughs) Mark Herring, did admit to wearing blackface to dress up like rappers, uh, in particular Curtis Blow. Um, Here's what, let me see if I can uh, read what it said. In a statement he wrote, in 1980 when I was a 19 year old undergraduate in college, some friends suggested we attend a party dressed like rappers we listened to at the time, like Curtis Blow, and perform a song. Herring continued, it sounds ridiculous even now writing it, but because of our ignorance and glee attitudes, and because we did not have an appreciation for the experiences and perspective of others, we dressed up and put on wigs and brown makeup. Um, <laughs> and Curtis Blow, uh, even, he, you know, spoke out and said, it's shocking. I was shocked, totally shocked. You know, being the elder spokesman, a father, a minister, a husband, I find it totally offensive and disrespectful degrading it's ugly you know i'm praying for my man mr herring right now he also said when you paint your face it's the most egregious and disrespectful thing you can do considering what we've been through it's opening up some deep historical scars okay so you have these two individuals who have admitted to dressing up in blackface to imitate um some pop artists and then you have joey behar from is the view the talk i you know to be honest with you i don't want to butcher that she's from one of those shows and she also came out and admitted this is crazy all these people are just coming out of nowhere admitting i've dressed in blackface or i've done something her story was slightly different she said that she dressed up as a beautiful african woman and then we saw that you know i saw the pictures i think it was bet or black twitter one of them who also posts articles on facebook and and I clicked through and looked through the comments and all of them were sitting there because looking at her picture she didn't dress up in blackface she just you know she had like a mini afro she had the hoop earrings um, you know she did dress up but it wasn't you know blackface she wanted to you know pay respect or whatever and she dressed up like a beautiful African woman and no one threw shade at her no one was offended by that but yet some people are calling it out and calling, you know, offense to it. Then you have, you know, Tropic Thunder when Robert Downey Jr. dressed up Ooh. in blackface. Uh, was it Tropic Thunder? No, 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 no. What was the name of the movie? Thunder. Was it Something Thunder? It's Tropic Thunder. It's it Tropic Thunder. Yeah. It was just the way he did it was, it was on another level, man. Yeah. And. And the, the crazy thing about that, that one was like 50-50. You had some people who were offended that he dressed up in blackface. And then you had others who laughed at it and thought it was funny. When I say others, let me just throw it out there. You have some black people that thought it was funny. 
and some black people who didn't. And the ones who thought it was funny, who's, you know, because at the end of it, he, because um, you know how the, the movie was, it went from it being a movie to having to actually fight and fend for their lives. And he, you know, had a panic and he was just like, no, nah, man, I'm white, you know, basically. And uh, so just having, you know, going through that and like it hit the realization and stuff like that but for some people like it's now coming back up it's resurfacing then you have something you know you have gucci gucci had this you know sweater and had you know like a turtleneck um, part that covers your mouth and you know it had lips on it and the sweater was black and now you have so many especially hip-hop artists that wear gucci calling for a boycott and they're not spending money on it anymore and it's just like you know you see that and you're like, wow, like someone with common sense should have said, hey, why don't we do a, you know, uh, a test and, uh, you know, just kind of see um, how people would see about, yeah, feel about this before we actually put this product out there. Because this, I mean, that's a huge thing right there. That, you, you can lose money like big time like that. So you have that. But then you have people being up in arms over Mary Poppins and the whole chimney sweep thing and then you know the face being black and saying that that was also blackface and now I'm starting to get a little you know starting to get a little worried and concerned because we're we're going so far away from you have these you know government officials now who dressed up in blackface to imitate an artist and it's like you didn't really have to do all that you could have just wore the costume as Michael Jackson without painting your face you could have just wore a costume and dressed up as Curtis Love without painting your face. You could have did what Joy Behar did. You know, you could have did that and that totally would have been fine. Um, but you went somewhat the Tropic Thunder route and gone blackface. Um, and it's just like, mm, it's just, it's a line you shouldn't have crossed. Gucci, a line you really shouldn't have crossed. I mean, it's just like, you should have known better. You should have picked different colors. It probably would have, you know, it wouldn't have come across the same way if it was white. And it's, it, and that's an unfortunate thing to say, but on the same note, it's probably just common sense. Like, first of all, the sweater itself is ugly, so you probably shouldn't have just had that anyway. But it's just, it's a bad vibe because that, that screams blackface. Like, the entire, like, the skin tone, the, the you know, the, the, the red lips, like, the whole thing, it screams it. But then you get to Mary Poppins and it's like, okay, now we're now we're going a little too far, you know? And so it's like, and this is not a matter of, um, and I'll go ahead and say it out there. I'm black, Ash is white. The conversation that's about to happen is going to be a civil discussion, but we're going to be honest with each other. Um, me personally, I don't know who's really getting offended by this because I have some people, a lot of people who are looking at some of this stuff, whatever, that are black and it's like, okay, this right here is offensive. This right here isn't offensive. And we don't know who's really taking offense to it. Like, is it us? Is it people in the black community? Or is it other people who are trying to be offended for us? And that's where the issue, I think, is coming. Because now I think some people are trying to be offended for us and trying to be, you know, trying to be there for us. But it's not necessary in certain areas. The Mary Poppins thing is that, it, that that's a no-go. You don't, you, it's not a thing. I really don't think that's something that people should be offended of because it's there was no intent. You're not sitting there making fun of black people. You're not sitting there mocking them. You're not trying to take a job from them so that you you know don't have to worry about working with them. That's not the situation at all. So I don't think that that gets a you know um, 
should get a lot of the conversation. I really feel like the things that really should be addressed um, have, you know, have were things I said earlier. You have these people who are now in government, and this is some things they did. They made foolish mistakes. It's unfortunate. It's something they did over 30 years ago, but it came back to bite them. Um, but it was, it's wrong, and that's the thing. It's a discussion. So, you know, I do believe that people should have opportunities to redeem themselves. And my hope really is, is that these individuals have done so. Um, because history shows sometimes that uh, zebras don't change stripes. Um, wow, that was a poor choice of words. <laughs> but, you know, you get what I'm saying. But it's just, at, at this point, I'm just, I'm like, you know what? I want to, I'm not... I'm not going to be the one to say one thing or another. My hope is that if you if you say you change, I'm going to give you the benefit of doubt and say you have changed. But I really hope that you know, like it's one of those people are going to monitor everything you do. So, like the big issue is that you these individuals are are either mocking in the the Gucci or or um, who was I think it was H and M with T shirt, yeah, cool and such right I, I don't even like saying it it's ridiculous um but with the blackface thing you these individuals can choose to make themselves black that right there is the whole line that's the whole line right there where they don't have to live that life they get to quote unquote emulate it mock it represent it for a, a moment and then wash it off right there's no, there's no wash washing off the the racial injustice for african american in this country yeah you, you your kid can't <clears throat> suddenly not be one or the other or whatever like that people look at your daughter and they and they have an opinion you know and there's no changing that and that's why it's so offensive that's why it's such a, a poor move now trying to gauge where a person is now after a move done so long ago that's a hard one and like what is the reasonable uh approach to to the situation and and some would say their job because like there was over hundreds of years where just being african-american meant no to so many things employment wise and otherwise housing food so many things so yeah that's a little moment yeah it's 30 years ago but it's that it's that bad buddy like that's not acceptable and so trying to find where that place is that's considered reasonable for the not for the mass majority of people but for the mass majority of the community affected in my opinion sure <clears throat> yeah this you know situation especially with the government um, open up some conversations with um, a couple of my friends online and some other people kind of you know they they ask them questions and um, somehow we started getting on law enforcement and the the guy that was in the conversation was like yeah I have, I have an African American friend of mine who is afraid like if she ever gets pulled over she's just afraid in the end she, you know he was like I just need to know like is this a fear like it's a warranted fear like is there a real reason why she's fearful or is it because you know the media or other people you know telling her to be afraid or things like that it's like it's a genuine question I just 
I want to know exactly what is she afraid of. And I had to kind of break it down for him. It's like, look, I've been pulled over probably uh, 10 times since I've been driving. Um, there are yeah. times where I got pulled over and I deserved it because probably I was speeding. There were times I was probably, you know, one time I got pulled over because I was going too slow. Um, you know, there were times where I got pulled over because um, I was I, I was younger and, you know, it was kind of dark and I couldn't operate in the same lane. I was trying to figure out where I was going and um, I, you know, got pulled over for that. Um, I probably only have like, like three, four tickets, you know, uh, lifetime. But um, there were times where, you know, there was a girl I was dating um, at one point and we were leaving... Um, uh, leaving my parents' house in Virginia, driving back to Tennessee, and we got pulled over in Virginia. And she was the one driving. She doesn't know anything about the car because it's mine. And so she, the officer is asking her questions, and I try to respond. He wouldn't answer me. He wouldn't acknowledge me. And so at the end of the day, you know, there's nothing I can, you know, do about that. But then he keeps trying to ask her questions, and I'm still trying to answer because she doesn't know anything. And he's still, you know, not responding to me. And it's like, okay, that's that's a little jacked up, but it is what it is. I didn't mention that she was white um, and I was black, but <clears throat> it was just a matter of nothing there. Okay, so be it. You know, I can't do anything about that. Less than 20 minutes later, we cross the state line into Tennessee. We get pulled over again. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, you know it, it's crazy. At this point, I'm like, you know, it's all right. Um, uh, you know, I told the guy, hey, we just got pulled over in, in another state for the same thing. It was something like my license plate wasn't uh, able to be screwed on in the back, uh, you know, at the bottom of my car. So I put it up in, you know, um, in the, you know, the back window so it could be seen. Um, but we got pulled over twice. And this guy went even further to pull, um, pull her out of the car and talk to her and try to figure out are you being abducted? Is he a drug dealer? Like all this stuff. Like, wow, really? That's the vibe you got? Like, this is like, you automatically assume because I'm in the passenger seat that one, I'm, you know, forcing her to drive because I, you know, I can't drive myself. I'm forcing her to drive, but I'm also a drug dealer. Like what in the world? And so I explained it to the guys like, look, there are times where things are pleasant and things aren't, you know, are unpleasant and it's hard. And I'm not saying that, you know, you can't trust law enforcement because that's not true. It's not true at all. But sometimes there are individuals that make it very difficult for other people to trust. And that part is difficult. And, and this is just for me. And again, this is just my heart, me sharing things, but to sit there, um, and wonder why you know some people fear things if you have people that the only thing they know is seeing people being gunned down and again if the statistics say and this is what the guy used to look at the statistics say that white people are more capable of being shot than black people um i'm like hey i'm not arguing that and you're probably correct you're probably completely accurate on that <clears throat> but when you have a community saying hey we're tired of seeing um, our fellow brothers and sisters dying every day at the hands of anybody. If you come out of left field and say, well, that's nothing. This happens to us every day. Now it's a competition. This shouldn't be a competition. This is me sharing my heart saying, hey, this is what's going on with us. Can you stand here in solidarity with me? You shouldn't fire back with this happened to us too. Get over it. Come on, what? No, you shouldn't. This, is, this shouldn't be anything for anyone to adapt to. Um, it should be something where, look, at the end of the day, it's not a matter of 
whether or not you know it's a warranted feeling in her eyes or her opinion yes she should feel you know uh fear what's going on and everything like that but that's all she knows and the whole concept is not to try to make you feel bad or mad or angry it's just for you to hear and listen at the end of the day if you're just listening to what's being said you're in better shape than if you're going to try to counter with stats and facts and all this stuff that you think you're right because now you're going into the situation trying to argue that you're right when the whole part was this wasn't an argument hear me you know and I just kind of went on a rabbit trail in a different direction but it just like I said it, it opened up a conversation that I thought was very important that needed to be had for sure absolutely and and and, and for, for what you deal with like I don't have stories anything close to those kind of stories like at all like not even a glimpse I've I've had a knife on me before with an officer and it's been no issue and I've been released like no funny treatment or change in demeanor because of it or anything you know what I mean yeah but you're in the car with a female display and now it's a, a, a whole possible thing that needs to be investigated like that's just that's that's the stuff that people don't get they don't they don't understand like the flaw in that like well okay more whites are are killed by officers well no kidding they make up over 60% of the population but proportionately to the population of whites versus the percentage (coughs) of African Americans it's not the same it's a disproportionate amount like that's the thing that's not, and like they're not boiling it down they're just saying oh just the number of deaths from officers which honestly first off is something that's barely beginning to be tracked where it wasn't being tracked before it wasn't even being reported like it just was right people said well if a cop had shot someone then there must have been good reason And so they can't use stats that don't even really exist, like to try to defend that this doesn't happen for people. Like, and being scared, like that's because you are more likely to be pulled over for frivolous, frivolous things. Your license plate being back where they can still visibly see it and look at it if need be. Come on, guys. You know, like is higher than mine by and far. I, I could pull some wonky stuff on the road. They might just let me fly off, you know? Yeah. Ah, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it shouldn't be the way it is at all. Like, and so then you have people that are scared and they have every right to be scared because there's people who have like been reaching to pull their license for the weapon they just admitted they had and say they're getting their license and get shot and killed with their child. And, and significant other in the car with them. So they haven't been given this benefit of the doubt that you're talking about for these professors and things like that. And, or not professors, sorry, the politicians right. that, that have seen, they've done and other people that have done things like this. Well, let's give them the benefit of the doubt after their statement. That, that, that gentleman didn't get the benefit of the doubt in that moment. He doesn't get to even live. Like that, that's why it's an issue about even giving them benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <clears throat> I think a, I think a huge thing, um, if, if anyone hears anything out of this podcast, 
you know, more than anything. There are some things where it's an outright, you know, it's outright offensive and we should question it and we should discuss it and should talk about it. There are other things where we should outright dismiss it and say, you know what? No, you guys are going too far. I think having the conversation is healthy as long as we're having the conversation. But if we just sit there and say, man, have we listen, you know, this person's intent was, you know, to, to, to be funny or anything like that. You got to get, get over it. You, you don't have that right. If you don't come from this community, you don't know what it does. You don't know how someone feels before you start going that route. Listen to what someone is saying. I think a big issue in this country is we do not listen. We sit there and we just, you know, we dismiss everything, discard it. And it's just like, you know what, this person just being sensitive. Hey, that could very well be the situation. But have you ever wondered why that person is as sensitive as they're coming off to you? Someone or something has had to have driven them to that point. And I think that's what we fail to realize. If we could just sit there and, and get over ourselves and, you know, and just ask, like this guy, he asked questions. He didn't necessarily agree with everything that was being said. And then at the end of it, you know what? I, I'm, I appreciate that perspective. That's all we wanted at the end. Just hear our perspective, hear our point of view. You do that and we'll be in so much better shape. But if you sit there, make it seem like you have all the answers about a community you're not a part of, no one's going to want to listen to you. And then you're wondering why so many people are frustrated and angry and, you know, and just all this way and acting this way towards you. You have to reflect, did I do something that caused them to be that way? Chances are, if you haven't given anyone an opportunity to talk, yes, you have. And, you know, I'll never accuse someone outright of being a certain way if I can have a conversation and get their thoughts. And if in the midst of that conversation, they reveal to me, yes, that's exactly how they are, then, you know, I have everything I need. But if I can have a conversation with that person, yeah, absolutely. I'll give them an opportunity to explain themselves and, and you know, and explain their heart. And if it's something that needs to be checked, I'll check it. If not, you know what? We're good. We had a conversation. But if, you know, if we're just sitting here, you know, writing people off without giving them a chance to explain, this country will never get any better. We'll just be in the same condition that we've been in um, or worse. Uh, and uh, God forbid if the you know the country gets worse than what it is right now for sure. Yeah. So I want to thank each and every one of you who had the opportunity to listen to uh, You Didn't Ask For My Opinion. Um, this subject actually was very extended and I you know, didn't expect it to go on as long as it did. Um, so what we're going to do is uh, kept that as part one of the Blackface episode and we're going to try to come back um, hopefully in the next couple of days to uh, do a part two because I think it uh, definitely hit some important parts that need to be discussed. Um, if you are someone who's listening to this and you want to contribute to some capacity, please um, download the Anchor app and uh, send me a message at uh, you didn't ask for my opinion. And uh, please call in and give your thoughts. If you leave a message, we can include it in the show. But I really want to get uh, more people involved because I think this is a very important topic that needs to be discussed.